You're listening to episode 41 of the Journey to Launch podcast, transforming your life and money by changing your mindset, behaviors, and beliefs. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey to Launch podcast. This is episode 41. Today's episode, I believe, can be life-changing depending on if you intend to have an open mind about listening to it. And I will get into that in a bit. But at first, just some housekeeping items. Thank you so much for continuing to listen and support the podcast. You guys are amazing. So please continue to do so. You can follow me on all social media if you want to connect more. I'm I'm Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, if you listen in Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave that review. Let me know what you think. So it just helps other people find the podcast. And then it just helps with sponsors or potential guests when they see that you guys are enjoying the content. If you do not listen in Apple Podcasts, totally fine. You can find the podcast basically anywhere. Android users, if you want to share this with the Android user, just tell them to go to journeytolaunch.com slash Android. And then just in general, just continue to share the information, the podcast out with your family, your friends, your loved ones, and your network. So if that means telling a coworker or tweeting about it or putting it on your Instagram page or in Facebook group that you're in totally, totally would help just extend the reach of the podcast, help it grow even more so that we journeyers can take over the world. (laughs) All right, so let's get into what this episode is about. I am super, super excited to have Jim Fortin on the podcast. Jim is an international subconscious selling and high performance expert with over two decades of expertise in brain-based selling and performance. He uses neurolinguistics and behavioral science to help some of the best entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs and business people earn more, sell more, create more. And I know you're wondering, okay, what does this have to do with personal finance? Well, apart from the fact that I know a lot of you guys listening have businesses or want to start businesses, that's one. But two, this has everything to do with personal finance because really, What Jim talks about is changing your behavior patterns, your thought patterns, changing everything from within for you to reach your goals. And when I first heard about Jim, I heard him actually on two other podcasts I listened to, not personal finance related, really. They're more business related. And that's nine to five. So screw the nine to five podcast. And then I heard him on James Wedmore's Mind Your Business podcast. So both of those are more entrepreneurial based, business based podcasts that I listen to here and there. And when I heard Jim talking on those podcasts, he was more talking to entrepreneurs and selling, but he was talking a lot about mindset and he talked about wealth. He touched upon behavioral and mindset shifts that anyone who wants to be successful in life needs to make to basically reach their goals. And I am always on the lookout for content, for people to bring on the show who I really think will benefit 
you, my journeyers, because I do believe that personal finance, it's a holistic approach. It's not just money and a budget. There's so much more than just a budget. I mean, budgeting, you can Google it if you really wanted to, and there's tons of articles on how to budget. But does that solve everyone's problems with money? Not at all. And I really do believe that the changes you want to see, everything you want to do in life, not just personal finance, even though money fuels anything you want to do in life, really starts from within. It starts from your mindset. It starts from your behavioral patterns. So when I heard Jim talking on both of those very popular shows, I said, you know what? Like, I believe that if I can get him on and talk about how this relates to personal finance and just mindset and just behavior, this could be a game changer for someone. And so I reached out to him. He accepted my request to come on. And so now he's here. And I want you to understand that for me, so some of this might be a little woo-woo, <laughs> you know, a little out there for some people. But for me, I want to let you know that, and I've said this before, that I really believe in the law of attraction. And we talk about and we touch upon that a lot. But, you know, again, a lot of it is behavioral mindset stuff that Jim and I are going to talk about. But in terms of the just law of attraction, the basis of it and becoming or believing things will have in life will come to you. Like that's how I've operated my life. And I believe every success, everything that's happened to me, good or bad, or lessons that I've learned, it has been a direct result of my mindset and my behaviors that follow that. And I wholeheartedly believe in this thought and this system of your thoughts become your things. And if you're operating from a negative or a deficit, you will continue to see and have that in your life. And I feel like I'm walking testimony of anything that I believe that I can have and achieve, like I get. And maybe not everything has manifested yet. I'm still on the path. There's still a lot for me to do, but I believe it's going to happen as long as I keep a positive mindset and I put the work behind it. So I want to be able to bring this information to you because I do believe that if this is something that you're struggling with, the mindset portion or something you want to even just improve upon, this will really be a good resource, a good podcast episode for you to listen to. Just some of the things that Jim and I talk about is the explanation of the be, do, have model versus the broken, do, have, be model. And we'll get all into that. You'll totally understand what I just said after you listen. But it, this is this is really, I think, game-changing if you get it. And we're going to talk about the unconscious identity. So what it is and how understanding it can help us better achieve wealth. And then we're going to talk about why just changing your mindset doesn't work. So the left brain of your mindset, just changing that is not sustainable or will not carry you through. Why you need to make right brain changes to really, really succeed. Then we're going to talk about the most common self-sabotaging behaviors or thoughts around money that you may be having and doing, and it's really just holding you back and you don't even know that it's holding you back and so much more. So let's hop into this episode with Jim. Any of the things that Jim or I mentioned in this episode, so any of the links will be in the episode show notes at journeytolaunch.com slash episode 41. Now let's get into this episode, this conversation with Jim. And once again, please just keep an open mind as you listen. All right, let's get into it. Hey, journeyers, I am super, super excited for this conversation with Jim Fortin. Hi, Jim. How are you? Hey, Jamila. I'm doing great. How are you tonight? Good. I am so excited to talk to you. And I must say, so 
Obviously, this episode is going to come out a little bit later than when we actually record it. But this is how I know this conversation was meant to be, because I just heard your latest podcast with Mind Your Business. (laughs) It came out today. Um, And so I initially first heard about you on the Mind Your Business podcast, which is James Wedmore's podcast, and then also the 9 to 5 podcast with Jill and Josh Stanton. And I was so impressed I learned so much from your conversations with them that I just had to have you on my show. So I'm glad you accepted the invitation. Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you for the invite. The more people that we can touch, the more people we can help live better lives. So it's my absolute pleasure to be here. So I'm at your service. Tell me where you want to go, what you want to do and what I can serve with. Right. Well, I want to help my journeyers. I want to help people listening right now figure out how to reach their financial goals, their financial dreams. And a big part of what you talk about is doing that. But you talk about it from a very powerful stance, from Mm -hmm. shifting mindset, from the inward, not the outward environment. So I want to jump right into that and talk about a little bit how you started in this field, how you started to talk about this content. It's a long journey. I'll make it very short here. A couple of ways. Number one is, well, actually, you know what? I didn't even recognize it till just now. I got on this journey because of money. 20 something, I guess 1992, however many years ago, that is 26 years ago, I used to day trade, but well, I used to trade Forex, which is foreign exchange, which is very, very risky. And I made a lot of money back then, which would be equivalent to, I guess, a million dollars today with inflation. And I lost it all overnight because I was being very greedy, very stupid. I was in my 20s. I was a kid. And I went from being and having a lot of money to literally digging in the backseat of my car for change, literally. And I lost my apartment. Then I went from a Mercedes Benz to an old broken down car. I went from money to like no money. And I said to myself, how do people come back from this? And I started getting involved in personal development, started reading Zig Ziglar and stuff like that. Tony Robbins wasn't really on the scene, I don't believe, or he was brand new. And then I realized that that was all motivational stuff, but it really didn't help me create change. And then I got into neuro-linguistic programming, which the acronym is NLP. And I studied that for many years with a mentor who learned from the co-developers, Bandler and Grinder. And she had been working with them for years. And she was actually one of Tony Robbins' first coaches and started teaching him neurolinguistics. And then from there, they do some components of what's called hypnosis. And I got into hypnosis. And then I started getting into power of the mind. And then on top of that, my sister's husband, my brother-in-law, is what's called a shaman. And I've learned more from him than anybody, period, about wealth, money, creation, how to attract money. He's a healer. People come to him when they're sick, and he's a spiritualist. His life story's been written. Somebody ghost wrote it for him. It sold millions of copies around the world. People like Wayne Dyer often would quote the work. He didn't do anything publicly. But I've learned more from him about universal principles of money and mind that I have brought to my audiences. So that's everything in a nutshell. Sorry for the long story. No, that's an amazing background. And I love how you actually tied it back to your start of this was realizing or coming from a place where you lost everything. And so you wanted to figure out, okay, how can I gain it back? How can I achieve wealth? Which is what we all want to do. We all want to gain wealth. We all want to be healthy. So let's talk about how to do that. And one of the things you talk about a lot in your content, which really, really resonates with me, is the be, do, have model. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that? Yeah. So let's back up here. So I had all the money. I lost it. What no one's ever asked me is, Jim, who were you being that caused you to risk everything instead of taking money out and putting it in savings and everything else? Who were you being? And when I look back at who I was being, I was being greedy, but I was also hoarding money. Now, the reason why is, and this will pertain to a lot of people, 
is that I grew up what I call very working class. And when I say working class, I'm trying to calculate for inflation, but I think my father by today's dollars would probably make right at about forty-eight to fifty thousand dollars, which the average American family makes like fifty-eight thousand. So we were very, very, very working class. I always heard my entire life growing up, we can't afford, we don't have enough, that's not for us, we're not rich, we'll never be able to have that, et cetera. So then we go into B do have. So let me ask you. If you grew up and all you ever heard was, is we can't afford that money doesn't grow on trees, there's never enough to go around, what do you think that you learn to think? Which is being, by the way. Right. Scarcity. Scarcity, exactly. So what kind of person are we? And by the way, everybody, I'll explain beauty we have in just a second. So what comes mentally, how are we being? We are being scarce with money, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's back up so everyone understands. Most people work by a model called have-do-be. Have-do-be, and by the way, I know there's different backgrounds on this, you know, listening. I work with entrepreneurs and selling professionals for the most part, people that are multi-level marketers, insurance, real estate, people that are self-employed, small mom and pops. Let's take, for example, advertising. Let's say Facebook ads as an example. What many people will do is they'll say, you know what, if I had more money, which is the have-do-be model, They would say, if I had more money, then I could do something, and I could actually do something along the lines of advertising. And then if I could do that, then I could become very successful in my business. And that's how most people operate, is have, do, be. And that's a backwards performance model. What I tell people, the place you want to operate from is be to have. And that is, who do I have to be to do what I need to do to have what I need to have? Because see, if we work from have, do, be, so if we said, for example, if I had or I had more money, but we're never being anybody different, we're never going to have the money, therefore we're never going to be able to do anything anyway. So where we want to work from is being. And I constantly ask myself this question. Everybody write this down. I ask myself this question for whatever I want to create. Who do I have to be and what do I have to be committed to to get the outcome that I want? Who do I have to be and what do I have to be committed to to get the outcome that I want? So that's when we talk about being, we have to first, let me go a little further here, we have to be wealthy in our mind. One of my clients said to me, and she actually is the CEO, she's the Dallas business icon, and she she owns a brokerage, the second largest brokerage in Texas, and she goes, Jim, my agents don't get it, is that if you're not wealthy in your mind first, you're never going to be wealthy in your environment, which what everybody tries to do is they try to become wealthy in their environment by going and doing something. Well, they're never wealthy first, so what they're doing is never very effective because in their mind, they're still poor. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And the pushback that I would say initially comes up for people when they hear that is, okay, that sounds wonderful. Like I would love to feel wealthy and think wealthy and become a wealthy person before the doing, before the having. But they would say, but evidence shows me in my real life, in my bank account, that I don't have. So how can someone transcend what their reality currently is? Most people that do what you're talking about, and I definitely understand them saying that. And by the way, I used to be in that category. People who say that are still working backwards because they're working by circumstance. They're working from the external world to the internal world. So what people say is, let's say your bank account is one of your circumstances, People get online, they look at their bank account, and they're like, oh, I don't have any money in my Chase account. So then what they do is they say, because I don't have any money, then what do people say when they see that? What kind of self-talk goes through their head? 
that they don't know when the next time they'll get money. It starts to become a worry situation. Mm -hmm. This continues like a negative thought pattern. Okay. Yeah, it does. And then they'll say things like, I don't have any money. I'm broke. How am I going to buy a new tires for my car? How am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay my health insurance? I don't have any money. I don't have any money. Now, if that's the thinking, this is not rah-rah motivation. This is pretty much cognitive psychology. So if that is my thinking, what kind of behavior do you think I'm going to get from that thinking? You'll feel more like a victim in your circumstance and maybe not as empowered to do anything. Okay. So then what kind of result do you think we get from that? Not much. Just same result that you're in. Which confirms that we're broke. Right. Right? Yeah. That's a big thing. Let me take it back here, guys. Let me take it back to a way that I can really convey this and I think bring you the fullness of this. Is My brother-in-law is, I've apprenticed with him for 20-something years now, the shaman, the healer. And one time, this was many years ago, he grew up in Mexico. He's an American citizen. And I picked him and my sister up at the airport. And he says, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing really good today. And he says, yeah. And he nodded his head. And he goes, you know what? When things in your world are going exactly like you want them to go, you're a happy camper. You're really happy. But when things don't go the way that you want them to go or life isn't what you expect, then you're mad and you're angry and you're frustrated. And he said to me, he goes, you need to learn to be happy all the time, no matter what. See, because when I, which is what most people do, work by my circumstances, we look at our external world outside of us. We look at our bank account and our car and our house and whatever it is. And we say, I'm not happy because I don't have something in my external world. When happiness is quite literally an inside job, it is a state of being. But what we do is we let external circumstances affect our state of being, and then because it affects our state of being in a negative way, we are as nowhere productive as we can be in the creation of money and wealth and the illusion called security. There is no such thing as security that people chase. I mean, you've seen people that have got a billion dollars and their plane crashes, right? There is no such thing as that illusion of security. The only security you have is the ability to choose your thinking and entertain your consciousness as you wish. Beyond that, all security, and especially financial security. Look back in 2009, the trillions of dollars that were lost in the market when all these people thought that was their security. Well, how did that work out for them? Not so well. When a crap, yeah, when the market came down to 6,000 or whatever it is, yeah. So people don't get this, and let's go back here a little further. I may mangle this a little bit, but Sun Tzu, who wrote The Art of War, I believe, said something along the lines of, and again, I mangle this, but he said, he goes, a defeated warrior goes to battle and tries to win. A successful warrior wins first in his mind and then goes to battle. See, most people work backwards. I remember one day talking to this, actually, she was a client of mine. I was her coach, but she became my mentor. I mean, I'm 53 and she's, I guess, 78, 79 now. And this was 10 years ago. But she said to me, she goes, you will never, not to me, but to, meaning her agents, she goes, they, or meaning you as in people, will never be rich and wealthy until you're first wealthy in your mind. But to recapitulate what we just said, most people look at their circumstances, and their circumstances are evidence that they're not rich. Therefore, in their mind, they stay poor. And because they stay poor in their mind, they stay poor in their physical environment. Did that make sense? That makes complete sense. And I've been actually, for myself, my own personal journey, when I started switching the way I thought about money and from that scarcity mindset, things shifted a lot for me. And I was able to save double or triple what I was saving in previous years. But help me understand this. So 
part of me feels like, so in the financial independence world, in the world where people are aiming to retire early and not work until they're 65 or just at least have the option to do the things they love. So not depending on a paycheck, people are hustling and hustling to save a lot of their respective income. So sometimes 40 to 50%. And what I realize sometimes is in that world of trying to save so much, it can sometimes become a scarcity mindset because you're thinking about, okay, well, I have to count every dollar. It's beneficial for some people who really need to get on track with like budgeting and the simple stuff with finances. But I'm trying to basically marry together the idea that I should think in abundance and that there's enough money out there versus I still need to work within the confines of my finances. And if retiring early is something I want to do, then no, I can't just go out and spend in the world of abundance thinking it will come back because I really need to save. So does that make sense? Like, how do you, how does someone reconcile the two thoughts? Let's take that apart. Okay. So first off, everything that you just said, I've heard a bazillion times and I used to live the very same way. And what you just said and everything that you just went through is how most people listening are like, yeah, I get that. I think like that. That makes sense to me. Most people don't understand the world of thought, consciousness, and how money works. So let me ask you this, and you probably have not heard me say this. I don't think I said this on, maybe I did on the podcast. I might have. But where does money come from? That's the first question. Where does money come from? Well, our government prints it for us. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when the government doesn't have enough, they just print more, right? right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Has there ever been a time in your life, and everyone listening, has there ever been a time where you're doing okay, and you've got some money that just plops down in your lap, you didn't have to prospect for it, you didn't have to lead generate, you didn't have to set up funnels, you just get a call out of the blue that here's money for you, somebody wants to hire you. Has something along those lines ever happened to you? Yes, I've received checks in the mail, like refunds or rebates that I did not even expect or know was coming. It just showed up, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Did you have to struggle for it? No. Did you have to put in time for it? No. Did you have to put in effort for it? No. Okay, so does that prove that money can come without time, energy, and effort? Yes, yes, in that case, yes. Okay, let's keep on going. See, people have the illusion that they have to exert effort to make money. And that is an illusion that keeps most people trapped. And the reason why, anytime we say, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough energy, and I don't have enough money, when we say that, we are working by circumstance. And when we work by circumstance, we repeat our circumstance. Now, when I say circumstance, effort is a circumstance. We only have so many hours in a day, right? Mm-hmm. So if a person says, well, I've got this much effort to make this much money, they have automatically capped their income potential because they're saying I can only make relative to the amount of effort that I can exert, right? Right. Okay. But we just demonstrated that money can also come with no effort whatsoever, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what people do is they think that effort equals money. Effort does not equal money. And to prove that, have you seen people that work their tail off for 12, 13, 14 hours a day for nine bucks an hour? Yeah, that's the problem. Yes, a lot, I see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So if that's effort made money, then wouldn't they be making a lot of money? Mm, right. And they're not making a lot of money. Money does not come from effort. Now, we're going to go a little deeper here. People can listen. They cannot listen. You can do your own homework. It's entirely up to people listening. I'm telling you how to get out of this. I'm telling anyone how to actually attract money. And I've never watched a DVD. I've gone further than that over the years with the teachings I've gotten from my brother-in-law. 
But there's the DVD movie that was created back about 10 years ago or so called The Secret, mm-hmm. right? And in The Secret, I've never watched it, but it talks about law of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Law of attraction is physics, but it's thousands of years old. And you can even find it in the manuscript called the Kabbalion, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N, which is believed to have been written by Hermes Thresmus Gestus, who was uh, one of the Hermetics. And they believe that that manuscript is thousands of years old. But here's the thing. People think that they can only create by their physical world when we are all, and physics demonstrates this, we are all consciousness. So, for example, if somebody has a heart attack and they're unconscious, what do paramedics do? Uh, They try to revive them. With doing what? What's one of the first things they do? The electric shock or... Okay. Yeah, no, 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 that's good. That's it. Okay, let me ask you this. If we're physical bags of skin, why would they put electrical paddles on a bag of skin and shock a bag of skin? Right. There's all this energy flowing through us. Yes. Yes. Because we have EEGs and EKGs. We have heartbeat and we have brainwaves. So we are energetic beings. And now if that's true, which it is, doesn't that mean that we're part of the material physical universe, which is electrons, neutrons, and protons? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Stay with me for a second here, everybody. And this corresponds to ancient wisdom. There was an experiment called the double slit experiment. I don't know how long ago it was. I don't know. Eight, ten. I don't know. A few years back, I guess. What physicists discovered, and this is real physics, this isn't metaphysics, this isn't new age, it's none of that. This is real physics. You can even find it on YouTube called Double Slit S-L-I-T Experiment. What physicists discovered is when they're watching a physics experiment, and they had all these laser splitters and all that kind of really technical stuff that's over my head, what they discovered is that the outcome of the physics experiment was determined by the thoughts of the observers of the experiment. Basically, what that means is what the observers expected to happen actually happened in the experiments. And with different observers, they had different outcomes. What do you think that says? That we basically, that just shows we can control outcomes with our intentions. Yeah, thought and energy. Now, you're probably, this is not a foreign concept to you, right? Thought and energy, right? Okay. I mean, you're familiar with this. Yes. Yeah, okay. Every thought you have is energy, and your thoughts and your feelings are electromagnetic. Thoughts are electro, feelings are magnetic. And whatever you think and feel, you are like a magnet, and you pull right back to you. So, we call that a vibration. So have you ever noticed how people who need the money the most have the least amount of money? Mm-hmm, yes. Right? Like really, really poor people. I mean, they're begging for money, right? Mm-hmm. And they have the least amount. Okay. What are they vibrating? What are their thoughts? That they don't have enough and they don't have any money because that's their current circumstance. Okay. So if we actually attract back to us the object of our dominant thoughts and their dominant thoughts are about poverty – what are they attracting back to themselves? Poverty. Poverty. Now, yes. Now, I know that your listeners, most people want, now, Jim, give me a three-step, very tangible something that I can, you know, I can get my teeth into. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Some way to save money and all this kind of stuff. Guys, I'm telling you ancient wisdom that's validated by physics, which is the most precise science we have on the planet, is the way to attract money is to hold the thought and feeling of already having money. Now, I'm going to say something very, very uh, distinctive and very subtle here. You will not be rich until you feel rich because feeling is a vibration. It's electromagnetics. You will not be rich 
until you feel rich. And you know what? There might be some naysayers saying, oh, this is a bunch of blah, blah, blah. Physics proves this. And ancient wisdom has demonstrated this for years. And this is why people actually keep getting the same old, same old, because they keep working by their circumstance. And their circumstance says you don't have any money, and they feel bad about it. And that's what they attract right back in their life again, which validates the self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Good friend of mine. He's very, very big online. His company, uh, six years ago, I'll tell you his name. His name is Drew Canole, C-A-N-O-L-E. He's very, very big online, millions and millions of followers. And I've been his mentor for many years and his coach, and his company does really, really well. I mean, they'll probably do nine figures this year. And he came out to visit, and this was a couple of months ago, when we were talking about his Mercedes, which is about a $150,000 vehicle. Now, he grew up, and his dad was a delivery person for one of the major companies. So his dad really didn't make a whole lot of money. And I said, let me ask you, I bet you I know why you bought that expensive car. And he goes, why do you think I bought it? And I said, I bet you bought that really expensive car because it makes you feel rich. And he goes, that's exactly how it makes me feel. And he goes, when I feel rich, I attract more wealth and abundance back into my life. But what do most of us do? We try to save and we try to hoard our way rich. And that's actually the way to stop the flow of energy. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Let me interject. But what about the people who are pretending, yes, I know that the thought is good, but the people who literally don't have the money to buy a nice car, but they still buy a nice car and they're still broke. Money doesn't come to them. And now they're in deeper debt and deeper financial constraints. Great question. I appreciate that. Here, let me tell you, there's a difference between just holding this conscious thought that I'm rich and I make a lot of money. I'm going to simplify this as much as I possibly can. There's a phrase that I use for myself, and the phrase is this. If I don't have it on the outside, it's because I do not yet have it on the inside. Now, let's go back to the concept of identity. If you identify as poor, meaning we're poor, we're poor, we're poor, but then you take what I'm giving you here, and you're like, well, I'm going to go buy a Mercedes-Benz to make me feel rich. If you still identify as poor, It doesn't matter what you do in the external world because what you're vibrating at a very deep identity level is poverty. That's what you'll keep attracting back to you. Guys, I grew up poor, I'm telling you, and I'm not by any stretch of the imagination poor anymore. Where I work from is that money comes from the universe and I attract money each and every day and it piles up in my bank account. And as soon as money leaves my account, even more money comes right back into my account. What most people do is they worry about money. And I used to be that person. And one of my clients said to me, he goes, Jim, you don't have to worry about money. And I said, you know what? I go, I have money because I don't worry about money. And trust me, there's not one of you listening right now that I haven't been in your situation where I've been in debt. I mean, I've had IRS debt. I've had like almost near bankruptcy, digging in the back of my car for change, having no money to eat, sleeping on a friend's couch. It's been many years, but I've been there. So none of you can say, well, oh, you're not like me. No, I, I am like you. When I didn't have any money, there was even a time I had no money and I couldn't afford a car and I had to take the bus. So I understand what it's like not to have money. When I adopted the mindset that money comes from the universe and every day it comes into my life and I have the feeling and I'm happy about it, money started showing up. And I mean, a lot of money started just like showing up in my life. Does this make sense? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. And I like the fact that you're just, you're making a distinction of you have to change your identity first. So you can't just go out and do the action or buy something, which I see happen a lot. 
Yeah. Especially now with social media, you know, because everyone can like kind of show off and kind of yeah. show that they're rich or wealthy to other people when really they're not. And so how does one then change that identity? I mean, one of my clients asked me this and he goes, Jim, how did you make that leap? And that's what we're talking about, the leap. We're talking about what we're really talking about is a leap from the external world to the internal world. And I've been working with my brother-in-law for a lot of years and he's been a role model to me. And I've watched him. He's got an AOL address that he's had for 25 years. I mean, come on, AOL, really? I have AOL still too. <laughs> Almost nobody has AOL. He's got an AOL address and he's got a phone number, but people call him. And I want to recount a story that he told me last New Year's. We were talking and he and my sister, they've been married, I guess, for 30 something years now. And he apprenticed as a shaman. He started when he was very small and he went in the business world when he was in his 20s. And for, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years, he's a very successful businessman. And he knew that it was time for him to go back to healing. And he got rid of everything he had because he was instructed to, and I'll just leave it at that. He and my sister actually called my mom for bus fare to get to my mom's house, which was halfway across the state. And they lived with my mom until he got on his feet. And he did it by doing readings and people calling. Now, they got their very first apartment, and here's the gist of the story is he knew that he was led to be on this path. This is, I mean, this is the path that he was born for. And a couple of days before rent was due, they didn't have the money. I mean, he's like, we did not have the money for rent. And my sister was worrying and worrying and worrying. And he's like, baby, don't worry about it. He goes, this is our path. The universe will provide. And I know some people have a hard time with that because they're so used to working from the outside instead of the inside. And he goes, one day before rent, he goes, a check showed up and it covered all of our rent. And he was, demonstrating this to me about my sister. And he goes, I think in that moment, she learned to trust the universe. Now, if you want to call it something different, you can even call it God. You can call it the divine, the infinite, you can call it spirit, but we all know physics demonstrates there's something that exists in the non-physical world. There is conclusive physics experiments and research that proves that. I mean, tons of research that proves it. So he works from everything just comes, it comes. So back to the question you asked me. A client asked me how I got to where I am and from poverty. And I started thinking that it was a slow process for me because I was a slow learner, but I just started trusting. I just started trusting that money would show up and I had amounts of money that would show up in my mind. And I started trusting as if it was already done. I believe 100% the universe is going to take care of me. It's done. And the more I started believing that, the more that money started showing up. Because see, then what I stopped doing is I stopped worrying about money, which is what most people do. And when you worry, that is like spraying, like fly spray on flies. It just kills it and runs it away. Worry is the number one thing that stands between people and money. And if everyone on this podcast listening, look at how much worry you get into. That is what stands between you and the money that you want. So for me, it was slow repetition over time. And then what happened as more and more money started coming in, I started saying, you know what? Yeah, I do attract money. Money comes to me really easily. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, I still don't charge what I think I should charge. But I started out charging years ago. I was like 500 bucks a month when I was coaching. And my skills were at a very significant level. Now, if you want to work with me, it's going to cost you a minimum of $10,000. And I have no problem asking for that. None. I want to take a phone call, and I don't mean that to be arrogantly, unless I can make 1000 bucks an hour. I was invited to Canada recently to speak at an event, and I said, there's no way I'm getting on a plane and going to Canada unless I can make at least $35,000. But I'll tell you this, years ago, I would have said, yeah, yeah, pay me 500 bucks and I'll show up. So my external world corresponds to my internal world, and that applies to every single person listening. And would you say that 
some people, because I know people, and I don't always know them personally, but I read stories of people who do work really, really hard and they reach their financial goals and they retire early. There are a lot of those stories. Would you say that it's still possible for people to reach their goals despite not having this all click, but it's just a harder journey, a journey more filled with unpleasantries and happiness? Because I kind of see just with myself, not even just with money, just with Journey to Launch and this business, I've seen it take off and it's one of those things where some days like the momentum is just there and I get emails and opportunities that just come in my inbox yeah. without me trying. And there are some days, you know, I am outreaching, but there are some days I'm not even trying and the opportunities are coming to me. And I know I still have a lot of mind blocks around it, but they're still coming. So it almost feels like even though I, despite my mind blocks and probably my self-sabotaging ways, I'm still moving forward, not as fast as probably I could be if I remove these mind blocks. But I guess back to the point is that it's possible for people to still reach their goals, right? But it just would take longer and it won't be as pleasant if they don't get this together. Yeah, let me add something there. It may be private for you and that's fine. But say you say money's coming and you were actually making a subjective comment based upon what money was coming before, what was not, what's coming now. However, let me back up, guys. I don't chase money. I used to live in the luxury home and the gated community and all that kind of stuff. I live in an upper-class middle neighborhood now in Dallas. I drive a new Mercedes. My family is financially secure and sound. However, I'm not one of those people that want – it's just not in my DNA. It's not something that I want in my life. I don't have any desire to build a company that makes $10 million a year. Yet, I coach people. Their companies make anywhere from 10 to $100 million a year. For me, that's just not something that appeals to me. For whatever reasons, I don't know. But to answer your question, so you said, well, it's coming, but it could come more – we all literally, what we bring into our life is a reflection of who we are on the inside, like an internal thermostat. So if you want more, you have to keep changing the internal thermostat. So what you've done is you've said, okay, I'm going to just use numbers to make this really easy. So let's say, for example, that you're like, okay, $1,000 a week is coming. This is pretty good because I used to make 500 a week. However, your thermostat's not at 10000 a week because if it was at 10000 a week, then that's what you'd be bringing in. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So even though you're doing well, that's completely relative to how you thought or what you thought well was before. One of my clients, he wants to build his company and he's literally, I mean, this is not a pipe dream. He's on track to be a half a billion dollar company and he's demonstrating that he can do it. I'm his coach and I know his numbers and everything else. He's demonstrating that he can do it. He's 36 years old and single. I'm 53. I'm at a place now where I'm going kind of a different direction with my career and where I want to go. I don't want what he wants. I don't have the energy. That's not what I want to do. But that's where his financial thermostat is, and that's why that kind of money shows up for him. I can't make it any more simpler than this. How you see yourself on the inside will be exactly how your outside world shows up. It can't get any simpler than that. And it also comes down to one thing. See, most people think, and this is what most people say all the time, Jamila, is they'll say, you know what? If I had that Mercedes Benz, I'd be happier. If I had that house, I'd be happier. If I had a million in my savings right now, I would be happier. Most people think that things make a happy life when the reverse is true. A happy life creates those things for them. Because see, people will say, I'd be happy if I had the Mercedes Benz, but you know what? I'm not going to be happy until I get it. Then what happens for most people, and you notice when people say that it takes them forever to get it, if they actually even get there, 
So what they're doing is they're putting out energy of unhappiness and they're reaping that right back in their life and they're not getting the end result that they want. The place that I work from is let me just be happy every single day, period. Mm -hmm. Right. Regardless of what the circumstance is, just appreciative and happy and feeling abundant of all that's coming to you that you have. And I mean, I feel it. That happens to me on a day-to-day basis. The more abundant I feel, the happier I am, just the better the things are that come to me. And things show up, right? Right. It's easy. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a story. When I moved back to Texas, um, geez, 17 years ago. So I moved back from New York City and I moved back. I didn't own a car in New York. Most of us don't own cars, even though I'm from here. So the very first week that I was back, I went and bought a new car. I bought a 2001 Ford Explorer, all decked out, leather, all that kind of stuff. That weekend, the family got together, and we were sitting on the back porch. My brother-in-law said, and he used to call me cuñado, which is Spanish for brother-in-law. And it, we were being pretty quiet on the back porch. He's smoking a cigar, and he's like, say, cuñado. He goes, I see you've got a new car out there. How do you like it? And I said, I really like it, but it drinks a lot of gas. And he was really quiet for about 10 seconds, and he goes, very nice. He goes, you've got perfect health. You've got a beautiful family. You've got money. You've got your own company. You've got a brand new car. And you still find something to complain about. (laughs) Mm. And my brother looked at me and goes, I bet you didn't see that coming, did you? It was like a knockout. And he was right, is that I had more than most people on the planet, and I still found something to complain about. And everyone listening right now, this isn't just me and Jamila talking. Look at your life. What little places do you complain? Now, let me tell you how to fix that. He told me years ago, and you're going to appreciate this, Jamila, he said, that we want to be grateful for everything that we have in life. And you mentioned the word grateful earlier. And he taught me, he said in the morning, when I get up, the first thing that I do is I put my feet on the ground and I say, thank you, thank you, thank you, three times. And then he has me on what's called water therapy, where I drink water in the morning. Uh, First thing, and a lot of it, I drink 32 ounces of it on an empty stomach. And he says, before you drink the water, bless the water and give thanks for the water. I mean, how many of you listening right now, we live in a world where you've got water in abundance. How many of you actually even notice you've got water and give thanks for it? Now, the bigger thing here, even though this is a financial podcast, look at the person you're becoming when you start operating from that kind of place. That's what makes all the difference. Mm. That's what makes the money is the being that we are, not the doing, because we talked about that earlier. It is the being that makes money. Everybody's got their lessons to learn, but I'm finally in a place in my life where I've turned it all over to the universe. You know what? I'm on this path. I show up. I serve. I do what I can do. I help as many people as I can possibly help. I have zero, and I mean zero, concerns about money because my life is demonstrated and I have evidence that it always comes. And when I adopted this mindset, instead of hoarding money and saving and saving and saving, when I adopted the mindset, let me see how much I can grow in the world and how many people I can help. Money just started coming like somebody opened the heavens, for lack of better words. Yeah, that's very powerful. It's mental. Mm -hmm. It's all mental. It's all mental. You know, you look at Bill Gates, it's all mental. You look at Steve Jobs, it's mental. You look at the guy standing on the corner, it's mental. Mm -hmm. The homeless person, you know, it's all mental. There's about, I don't know, a year ago or so, and this pertains to money. I pulled into the 7-Eleven, it was late at night on like a Monday night, about 11 o'clock to get some gas. And I walked in to get a bottle of water, and there was this lady standing out front, and she had three kids. And I walked over, and I said, do you have a place to stay? Or, and I don't know even why I said it. I didn't want to embarrass her being appropriate. And she goes, no, we're homeless. 
I took her and her, she had four kids under the age of, of 12. I put them at a hotel for a month and I finally got them into a shelter that took women and, and kids because I wanted her to have a roof over her head, you know, somewhere that she could go when she was safe. And one of my clients told me, she said, Jim, she goes, the problem is not getting people off the streets like her. The problem is keeping them in the shelter and off the streets. Why? Because all she knew in her mind was the streets. So even though we put her in a shelter, where did she go? Right back to her identity, which is a person who lives on the streets. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson, how much money do you think he made in his career? A lot. <laughs> like $300 million and he's broke again. Mm-hmm. What about the classic studies of people who win the lotteries? What happens to them many times? Yeah, they lose it within a year. Exactly. And they're back poor again. Why? Because in their identity, their subconscious mind says, you're poor and we're going to make you lose that money. So guys, hopefully you're getting it by now. And I'm not saying do not be prudent. Let's be reasonable and rational here. But all of you are trying to do your way to wealth and success and all these kind of things when it's all the mental game, not the external game. And you can look in your world and you've got many years in your own lifetime and looking at other people that the effort in the external world is not what creates the money. The money comes from the inside and then you create it on the outside. I think that's powerful advice. And I think, I mean, it is actionable. I think waking up, like you said, and thanking and being thankful for waking up and the gratitude of drinking water, the little things to start practicing on a day-to-day basis rolls into really just everything. I meant to to answer your question, which I did and which you did for me. How did I get from being poor to rich? You know what? It was a big leap for me to go from where I was years ago to where I am now. I mean, I couldn't even fathom. I laugh now that 25 years ago when I was getting my NLP training, I was waiting tables at Roof's Chris, and I might have been making about 600 bucks a week. This day and age, I'm not even taking a phone call for 600 bucks. But yet 25 years ago, I worked for 600 bucks a week, mm-hmm. an entire week. And this day and age, I'm like, uh, whatever, no big deal. It's lunch or dinner. You know, it does, I don't think about it. But the world hasn't changed. Of course, we have inflation, but the world hasn't changed. I've changed. Mm-hmm. And that applies to everybody listening. So the leap, how I made the leap was little things, just little gratitude giving money when I didn't have it. Or I used to be like, I've only got $10. I can only spend seven. Now I'm like, here, you need it. Just take it. Because I know that what I put out by the laws of the universe, reciprocity, Newton's third law of motion, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Whatever I put out, I know is going to come back to me. And I live safe in that knowing and the universe always returns it. And you, Jamila, and everyone listening, you can't tell me there's not a time where you're like, I can't part with this money, but I need to part with it. And like an hour later or a day later, that money comes right back in your life again from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right? It is definitely a cycle. It's definitely the circle of life. I mean, <laughs> I definitely see that. And even for me, I think I'm going to have to listen to this a couple of times because there are a lot of things I still need to work through mentally because, again, just you saying it's not about hoarding. When in the space I'm in, it's about, okay, saving and investing and almost hoarding your money so that you can invest and do things on a quicker timeline. But I totally get what you're saying because in the moments where I am not worried about money and I'm still saving a lot, but I'm just not worried about it, yeah, it's so much easier. It's so effortless. And I see it because of the transformation that I've been able to make in my own finances. So yeah, this is good. And let me add there, so about work, my brother-in-law, we were talking again last year, and he said what most people do is they put their money in their work, and this is metaphorical, they put their money and they put their work in the same box. If you were to draw a box and you were to write two words in it, you write the word money and you write the word work. 
That's what people do is they associate money to work. He goes, I don't do mine like that. I have my work in one box, and then I have a completely separate box, metaphorically, that I have my money in. And I know that my money doesn't come from my work, which is what everybody thinks. And all the speakers out there, you got to work until your eyeballs bleed, and you got to work your talent into the ground and all this kind of stuff. When we have evidence we talked about earlier, that's not where money comes from. So he said, the way that I work from is I do my work because that is my service. That's why I'm here on the planet. But my money doesn't come from that. My money comes from the universe. And I always hold that the universe is always going to deliver and always going to bring. Now, I can tell you that he has had the good fortune of the universe actually fulfilling on that promise or that premise. And even notice what you just said. You just said, well, that's a story that I have to work on uh, because blah, 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 blah. Well, notice what you're doing. You're already creating a story as an obstacle to get to the end result you want, mm-hmm. which is what people do right. many times is, well, I'm going to have to work on that. Well, how long do you, and not you, but how long do you have to work on it? One day, one minute, because you see, you can change your thinking at any second. Do you want to work on that for 15 more years? Do you want to work on it for a lifetime like most people? You know, Jamila, I can't say this enough, and it took me a long time, and it's so simple that people get it is you won't be rich until you feel rich. And let's say you've got 10 million bucks in the bank, but you still don't feel rich. Well, guess what? You're not going to attract more money because you don't feel, you don't have that vibration. And I'm going to tell you this, if you have 10 million and you still don't feel rich, there's probably a good chance that you didn't even get to the 10 million. I just use that as a metaphor. Right, right. Or even if you get the 10 million, you're still not even happy. You're just constantly working hard and certain for something else that's not there because you're tying your happiness or your internal worth to the wrong thing. When I lived in New York City, the universe did it. The universe introduced me to the money crowd on on Park Avenue and Fifth Avenue. And I used to be a hypnotist back then. And women would literally send their drivers to come pick me up and take me back to their apartment so we could do hypnosis in their study for weight loss or whatever they wanted to work on, smoking, nail biting, whatever it was. One of my clients was a therapist to the Park Avenue, Fifth Avenue women. And she said, Jim, do you know what I like about having rich clients? And I'm like, what? You can charge a lot of money? And she's like, yes, that. But she goes, I like having rich clients because they know that money is never the source of any of their problems. Whereas in our country, that's the number one thing that people fight over in relationships is money. And they make it the source of their problem. Many years ago, my NLP coach, one of them, a husband and wife that I worked with, and they were both my coaches. I was probably, this was 1994 or so. It's kind of like lamenting or worried or something. And he said, what's going on, Jim? And I'm like, I'm broke. I don't have any money. And he goes, if not having any money is your problem, you have no problems. He goes, money is the least of your problems and the easiest thing to make. Let me take it one step further. And this was 1994. In 1998, one of my clients in New York City, he was a private client. He, his office was at Rockefeller Center. He was a Venezuelan oil billionaire. We worked together for a bit, and he said, Jim, I want you to put together a business plan. I want to back you. I want to help you make a million bucks a year. And my thinking back then was I was a hypnotist making 350 bucks an hour. How can I make a million bucks a year? And he said to me, he goes, Jim, he goes, I make 20 million bucks a year whether or not I get out of bed. I can easily show you how to make a million bucks a year. It's all mindset. Mm. That's all it is. Right. No, this is such great and powerful information. And I really hope that my listeners are really taking this in. And again, I know for me, this is not as much of a stretch because I understand the mindset part and I understand the law of attraction and I follow some of that stuff and 
I really believe it. And so for some people, though, they are stuck in that cycle of, okay, that's not my reality. So I hope whatever it is, if you're listening to this, if you just push through whatever blocks are holding you back from receiving this information, you try to just listen with open ears and open heart just to see what you can get because you just never know. So Jim, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this information. Absolutely. My pleasure. Now, where can people find you? You mentioned a lot of things and I'm going to link that all in the show notes, but where can people find more about you if they want to get in touch? Okay. Two things. One is to help people live in more and then I'll give you the link. What people want to do is they want to go to Amazon and it's called the complete works of Florence Scovel, S-C-O-V-E-L, Shin. It's about $4, five bucks for the ebook. I have read thousands of books over the years, as well as having my brother-in-law assist me thousands of books over the years on money and wealth and attraction. And I have never read a book as good as that one. If a person could read that book over and over or listen and master what's in that book, they would transform their lives. So guys, please take that nugget. Now about me, something we didn't touch on is habits, unconscious habits, even habits of thinking, even poverty thinking is habit thinking. I do have a free training that you guys can go to. The link is salespsychologyacademy.com. And they'll put this in the show notes below, sellspsychologyacademy.com slash Jamila, sellspsychologyacademy.com slash Jamila. And there'll be a 20-minute training there on habits. Literally, your habits are also ways of being and what are characteristics and ways of being. And that could be committed or self-integrity or visionary or not committed and not self-integral. But even your habits of being will create wealth for you. And then I have a new website, which will be my main website called jimforton.com. And there we go. Okay, well, I'll link all that in the show notes because I'm sure people will be interested in learning more. And I'm actually going to look up that ebook right now. It's amazing. I hope everybody goes as well beyond anything like thinking we're rich. I mean, this book literally, if I had the book now and I already knew what's in it and somebody said, you've got to pay me 10,000 bucks for this book, I would pay them 10,000 bucks for the book. Mm. It's that good. Okay, all right. We'll check it out. Go get it, guys. All right, Jim, thanks so much again. Okay, Jamila, take care and thanks everyone for listening and apply what you learn. Take care, everybody, and make it a great year. Bye-bye. I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Jim. Jim, thanks so much again for coming on. Anything we talked about, so the links or things we referenced, you can find at journeytolaunch.com slash episode 41. But I do hope that you got something from it. Even if you do not believe necessarily in the law of attraction or the vortex or any of the woo-woo stuff that we kind of mentioned, I would say that if you think about it, any successful person that I know, so whether that's someone on a crazy high platform or stage, if you think about an NBA player or a celebrity or superstar, or even just someone in the business world that is just killing it their belief in themselves got them to where they are. Like an NBA player or a high performance person. But these people have such a belief in themselves and their talent and their ability. It's almost like they're in their own world and no one can tell them differently. So even if they don't even operate from a law of attraction model or from this woo-woo mindset model, this is what they're actually doing. They believe in themselves and their dreams so wholeheartedly that they cannot fail. And I do believe that when you believe in yourself like that, that the whole universe will conspire to work with you and help you reach your goals. 
So again, regardless of your faith or religion, I hope you got something from this and you had an open mind while listening. And then think about what you can do going forward in your life. And when I say going forward, you see, it's funny because Jim and I had a little exchange there where I said, oh, I'm going to work on it. And he was like, work on it. You can change that like right now. So I'm going to challenge you. What are some things today, right now, some limiting beliefs that you have or a mind shift that you can make today that's going to change your trajectory, your path, and put you even further towards your goals and dreams? So why wait? So what can you do? Like, are you operating from this broken model of you think you have to have the thing first and then you will become the person you want to be? Or can you become that person that you want to be that attracts those things and then work towards getting that? And it's funny because I actually have a personal example of that. And maybe some of you can relate. So before my husband and I moved into our house that we live in now, We lived in the basement of his mom and dad's house. So we lived there for a few years. It was great for us to be able to save money. Affectionately, we called it the dungeon (laughs) because it really was like a makeshift room in the basement where we had no windows. There was not much closet space. Like it was really like dark. There was no way for us to tell the time of day it was. So we would literally could be in this room because we only had our bed and a couch in there and we had no idea what time of day it was. So we called it the dungeon, but we loved it. And we had this small closet. So most of my husband's stuff, we had to keep in the garage because there was no space in this closet. And this closet was like so small. And I used to say to myself, you know, when I get a bigger closet, when I have more space, I'm gonna be so much more organized and neater. Because my side or my stuff was like all over the place messy. I mean, a lot of my stuff was actually in the garage too. So I used to say to myself, you know, when I get a bigger place, then I'll become the more organized Jamila and things will get better. And eventually we did move into our own home and we have a bigger closet. Now, can you guess what my closet still looks like today? A hot mess. It's not cleaner. It's not more organized. In fact, it's even messier because I have more room to be messier. It's crazy. So when we talk about becoming someone and becoming the person you want to be, I say all that to say it's like having a bigger closet did not help me become a more organized person like I said it would. Just like if you're waiting to have more money to become more disciplined and more on top of your finances and that's going to make you happy, that's not it. Because if you can't be happy or more organized, more disciplined with a little money, or maybe be that way in a position where you're not necessarily 100% where you want to be, even when you get to that point, if you get there with that mindset, even if you get to that point with more money, it's not going to change your behavior because you still might be a hot mess with your finances. So it's more about becoming, becoming the person that's already on top of things, organized, seeks out education resources, that comes first. Think about what that person looks like that is successful and then you become that first and that way when you're preparing yourself for the more in life and when you get the more in life, whether that's the house, the money, whatever it is, you're able to then expand and handle it properly. So in my case, (laughs) a bigger closet did not make me become more organized. That's something I should have worked on when I was in a smaller place with a smaller closet. And it's funny because I'm going to be talking about this a bit more about some of just the personal changes that I need to make in my life to become better and more successful. But I thought that was interesting 
And I wonder if any of you guys can relate to that. Let me know. (laughs) So DM me or message me or just write a comment that if you kind of got that whole thing. Also, I wanted you to think about the whole responsibility, self-integrity and commitment aspect to your goals, to yourself and how you can apply that and what you're going to do. So again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Just a few updates before we go. One thing was I am going to be partnering with the Brooklyn Borough President's Office later this month on April 26th for Financial Literacy Month. I'll be presenting at their Financial Expo at about 1 p.m. in Brooklyn Borough Hall. So if you're in the area, if you're local to Brooklyn and you want to come out, come out. It's from 11 to 2, but I'll be on stage at 1 p.m. The link to the whole event is going to be in the episode show notes at journeytolaunch.com slash episode 41. It's a free event. So if you're in the area, if you're available, come out. It's in Brooklyn. Also, next week. So next week is going to be a solo episode. It's been a while since I've done a solo episode. And I'm actually quote unquote due <laughs> with this baby in the beginning of May. So I wanted to kind of just update you on what's been going on in my life personally, just what we've been planning, what we're going to do or what I'm going to do with this podcast the first month or two that the baby's here. I want you guys to just to be up to speed on all that. So hope you can tune in next week for that. It's going to be just me talking to you about what's going on. Also, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe if you listen in Apple Podcasts and continue to share it out wherever or however you listen to it. You can also join the private Facebook group at journeytolaunch.com slash community. Let's connect even more. You can connect with other journeyers. And don't forget, follow me on social media as Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, guys, chat with you next week. Mm-hmm.